thank you for joining us on our podcast. This is the Literacy Ladies. I'm Michelle Whitco, one of the reading people in the city of Danbury, working with our students in reading and language arts. And we also have our other literacy lady, uh, Dr. Darla Shaw. How are you, Darla? I am fine, and I can't wait to talk about fluency. Great. Well, uh, we hope everyone caught our first session on uh, phonological awareness. That was a lot of fun. And today we're going to be talking about fluency. Uh, Dr. Shaw and I have a lot of experience with fluency in all the elementary grades, and we're going to take you through a little journey on fluency. So, Darla, would you like to start us off on some of the history of fluency and what it's what the importance is? Well, I don't even remember hearing about fluency about 15, 20 years ago. We would just read and comprehend. Mm-hmm. Um, there were none of these timed readings or scores or anything like that. We, of course, we didn't have leveled books. But then the SATs came along, and then we had all these timed readings, and then, boy, students better be able to read quickly and comprehend hand as well. So I really think that changed everything. I know most people aren't going to remember, but there was a woman named Evelyn Woods, and she would help you to read thousands of words per minute. And they didn't even care then if there was any comprehension. Today, it's all about comprehension linked to your speed. Right. And when I think of fluency, I think of students reading and sounding like a book. And just as a reading specialist, something um, that our listeners should know about fluency is that it's all part of reading. We have fluency, comprehension, and word accuracy. And when all three of those things work well together, we have great readers and lifelong readers who can read texts and understand them. So something with fluency, when you're talking about fluency in kindergarten and first grade, Um, you're really talking about one-to-one match and having the students um, read their books pointing to each word. It's not until we get into about level D, which is a level six, a DRA six, where you start talking about phrasing and expression and scooping words together. So in kindergarten and first grade, fluency is going to look more of one-to-one matching. As you get into those upper levels, you're going to start to look for phrasing, expression, emphasis on different words, and of course, automaticity and pace. Something, and Darla, this is kind of recent too, is that we used to think about fluency just as rate, just as speed. And now we think about fluency more as sounding like a book. Right, and I think what's so interesting today is the use of poetry. We're using so much poetry to teach fluency, and we're also using reader's theater. And I just love reader's theater. And it's all about practice reading today. It's not about cold reading. And today it's all about rereading, rereading, and rereading so that you get better and you are only practicing your fluency on an independent level. You are not going to be doing it on an instructional or, of course, frustrational level. We've learned so much about fluency over the years. Yes, and I love how you said that it's at their independent level. So it's something that they can practice um, in their own books or with their own poems. Something that is uh, important when you're teaching kids about fluency. And this would be if you're a level 14, um, which is a level H guided reading level. 
example, something you could use to teach fluency is that repeated practice, and we call that repeated reading. So one way to do it would have a student have a cold read of a passage, just reading it in their head, not out loud, and then going and reading it one, two, three more times out loud, practicing with that repeated reading. And remember, when they're doing their repeated reading, they're always working on their phrasing, expression, emphasis on words, automaticity, and their pace will improve. And something with fluency as we get into that level 14 or that level H is that the kids have to know their words automatically. It's that automaticity piece. So we know those snap words. That's what we call them in kindergarten. Our sight words call them snap words. You have to know your snap words and your high frequency words. So when you come across them in a passage, you can read them very fluently and sound like a book. Remember, that's our goal. We want our readers to sound like uh, the books so they're able to comprehend and then also just to enjoy reading books on their own. I think it's also important for people to realize that you don't only have one reading level, that it depends on so many different things. Uh, sometimes there may be the same number of words, but you have no interest in the material. Sometimes you have no background in the material. Sometimes the material is so conceptually deep or the vocabulary is so difficult you don't understand it. Uh, sometimes it's just the time of the day or the print or the lack of any visuals. So you have sort of a reading range speed, but it can change so much. And if you basically want to determine your reading rate and you don't have all the charts and everything, you can just take something from a book or a newspaper and you can count the number of words in the first three lines, divide by three, you get words per line. Then you count down, the number of lines you read in a moment, and then you just multiply the two, and that'll give you a general range of what your reading speed was, but remember, it's for that particular article. It could be different for another article. Wow, that's great. I'm glad you shared how you can calculate a student's rate as you're working with them. And rate is important. It's a great way to show progress. Um, something you mentioned, Darla, is that you know this could be for articles or for even nonfiction text um, where you're reading things and learning about different maybe animals, and I'm thinking elementary school, animals or uh, some social studies uh, content area topics that you read those fluently as well. Maybe looking at the headings and phrasing those together. Looking at the captions first and practicing those. Um, even when you're reading one of the paragraphs attached to the heading, a way to read that fluently is to have that repeated reading practice. So I love how you're kind of bringing that into nonfiction, which is really great. Right, and I think it's so important, particularly for the older students, they have to not only phrase, read, read words carefully in groups, they have to know the difference between skimming and scanning. When you're scanning, you're just reading very quickly for one or two pieces of information. When you're skimming, you're getting an overview, you're getting a preview, you're getting a review. Your comprehension may be only 40-50%. There are so many things that can help you to become a better reader, but one of the best ones is to just make certain that your children at night read for 10-15 minutes for pleasure on an independent level, and that will build their fluency in an incredible way. 
Wow, that's a great idea. Another activity that we have students try at home is kind of reading into like one of those little PCV pipes where they can hear themselves. They can put one up to their ear and one up to their mouth and they're able to listen to themselves read, which is a great way to practice for fluency. You know, something that I know you really like, uh, Darla, is uh, Reader's Theater. Could you talk a little bit about that? Because that's a great fluency uh, strategy and way to practice in the upper grades. Yeah, you can get Reader's Theater scripts. You can get them at the library. You can get them in the bookstore online. They're for folk tales. They're for fairy tales. They're a page, page and a half. They're on different reading levels. Some of them, script has like one or two words. Some it's a sound effect. The kids love to take part in readers theater they practice and in the books it will have one child on a high level one child on a low level and with this they're learning not only fluency but prosody emotion dramatics hesitation tone and timing and again we want students to read fluently silently and aloud Right, that's important that they read fluently, silently. That's another good point. Remember, fluency is part of that. I call it a braid. It's part of word accuracy, comprehension, and fluency is part of being a good reader. And that's what we work on in elementary school all the time, is having all three of those parts work together very well so kids get better as readers. Great. So something, uh, we just want to give you a couple resources for our listeners. Um, someone that has uh, done a lot of research is Timothy Rosinski on fluency. And I love how uh, Darla was mentioning how you could calculate a rate in a words per minute. Uh, Rosinski has a lot of scales that you can uh, Google. You can reference them in his books, The Fluent Reader. Um, and that would be a great way for you to think about how your students are reading. Are they fluently reading at a grade level or at an appropriate rate for that grade level. Another new resource that has come out, um, Jennifer Saravallo has a book. It's called The Reading Strategies Book. If you ever go to Barnes & Noble or a college bookstore, you can't miss it. It has a big orange target on the front. She has a whole chapter on fluency. It's, uh, she calls it goal number four, and it's teaching fluency, reading with phrasing, intonation, and automaticity, which is what Darla and I have been kind of talking about at different grade levels, what it looks like in kindergarten and first grade, and then other ways it looks in the upper grades. She has a lot of lessons, and like I was saying, you know, read it like a book. She has a lesson called Read It Like You've Always Known It. Read it like you've seen it on the word wall with your snap words. So she has a lot of quick lessons for our listeners if you'd like to ever reference. Um, She has great charts that go along with teaching fluency. And remember, fluency is going to be very helpful in a student's development in their reading. And it's something that uh, when it sounds really good, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing to hear the kids read fluently. And even when they're doing their reader's theater uh, or poetry, it's, uh, it's, it's a way that they can showcase what they've been learning. Well, I think we've had a good session on fluency. I think people have a pretty good overview. And now it's get down to work with your kids and make it fun. Because to me, fluency is one of the most fun parts of teaching reading. Right. Well, thank you for listening to the Literacy Ladies podcast. We've had a great time discussing fluency, and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you.